Hello and welcome to the Christchurch Fox Chapel podcast, the fastest growing conservative, evangelical, charismatic Anglican podcast in the entire Fox Chapel area. And I would say that I was joined by people, but I'm leaving. So today, this special ladies edition of the podcast is hosted by the beautiful Catherine Shuttleworth. Hello. Hello. By the fabulous and talented Mrs. Fire. Cheerio. Ah, now that means goodbye. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Tally-ho. By the amazing, wonderful, funny and erudite Stephanie Wolfe. Hello. Oh my, hello. The lady uh, that all of the references for her husband, Ben, when we were interviewing said, oh good, you're getting Stephanie. That's yes. Stephanie. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. And of course, the singing missionary that is our very own Kirsten Gerdes is here Hola. as well. Hello. Hola. <laughs> Our passage for today is from John 20, beginning of verse 1, and I really am leaving. Cheerio. (laughs) That's you. Okay. Um, Verse 1. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there, and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. All right. So, I mean, first and foremost, we know this was written by a man, because he had to point out twice... That he got there first. (laughs) But is there anything else that strikes you from this passage, ladies? I always think it's funny that he, um, the one who wrote it, says the one whom Jesus Jesus loved. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's quite controversial because, like, some people think that's really arrogant. And then there are others who are like, I think that's awesome because yeah. he's so confident in the fact that he is loved by the Lord. Um, so I think that's kind of really cool. Um, the storytelling is wonderful. Yeah. And I forget, I just said this somewhere and I forget where it was, but sometimes I feel like as humans we're surprised that God is good at everything. You know, mm-hmm. like, oh, of course he made the earth. But really, does he write poetry like Emily Dickinson? Yes. Yeah. Yes, he does, because he is the poet, and he is the storyteller. And just the pacing of telling the story and the heightening of the excitement right down to the details. It's a classic, wonderful storytelling detail of exactly where the linen cloth was. Yeah. Folded up next mm-hmm. to the other ones in a place by itself. Can you picture it? You're trying to bring the listener and the reader into the immediacy of what it was like to experience that empty tomb. Yeah. And even in how both of each each man responds when he gets to the tomb and the, you know the one who's running faster is he's outrun outrun Peter and then he gets there and he stops at the door and like you know what do we 
if I saw the empty tomb, what would I do? But would I be the one who stops or the one who goes in? <laughs> who goes Good old in. Peter who just like busts right through <laughs> yeah. and go then he's he's in the tomb. I just find I find that lovely that they like with the storytelling that they allow these two men to respond differently to the stone. One stops dead in his tracks, one goes all the way in. It's yeah. a lovely detail. And it's interesting because we were talking to our kids about this story and Hannah said you know, if if God created the earth and He can do anything, why did He have to? Why did He have to roll the stone away from the inside, or how did He roll the stone away from the inside? And we said, you know, if He if He did create the world and He can do anything, why do you think? Do do you think He had to roll the stone away? And she said, No, I don't think so. And so he said, do you think he rolled the stone away so that he could get out? And she said, and Ben, and ben piped in actually and said, no, because he walked through walls. Like when right. he came later right. to talk to the disciples, mm-hmm. he, he walked through Go walls. Again. And so we kind of got around to the point that the stone wasn't rolled away for him. It was rolled away so that we could get in. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's really important. Like he moves mountains and he moves the stone so that we can get to him not that so that he can get to us and I think that was really a fun kind of point for us to make as a family um, definitely yeah what he does for us to believe this is this is not for any other reason what is Jesus healing the blind man right it was when he says I'm gonna do this so that they believe right I can never remember references but that you know the things he does for us right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, that's sort of funny because I I think about how much we limit God's power mm. yeah um, how we um, I mean even myself how I get anxious about certain things and especially what's going on now um, how we think that we need power to do things for ourselves but no god will he can do it for us he will he can do anything yeah 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 and i think you know that what what xander's really gonna be zoning in on is that verse nine where um it says that Mm -hmm. um he saw and he believed for as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead um, and I think that that's kind of really interesting. Like, why do we think that he had to rise from the dead? Um, any thoughts on that? Paul says, if Christ has not been raised, then our whole hope is futile. And I think it's interesting. He doesn't say, if Christ has not been crucified. Right. He says, mm-hmm. if Christ has not been raised, mm-hmm. then... Our, our hope is in vain. We're, we're foolish. We're, we're to be really pitied because that's, that's, isn't somewhere in scripture says that's, that's how the Father shows that Christ's sacrifice was perfectly acceptable to him. Yeah. Was raising him from the dead. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I think it's just, it's one of those things that I was reading actually today in one of my devotionals um, how the Pharisees came and was trying to trap him 
and it was either the Pharisees or the Sadducees. They were both troublemakers. Anyway, <laughs> they came and they were asking him the question about, like, you know, if a, if a man has seven brothers and he gets married and then the first one dies and then he, she marries him and then, it, you know, all that weird stuff that they did. Um, and then they go up to be in heaven, like, whose wife is, is he going to be in heaven? And God says, or Jesus says, um, don't you guys read your Bibles? Like, do, do you not understand? And um, he says, ultimately, like, God is not a, a God of the dead. He's a God of the living. And I think that's so key for us. And I think that that is so often I say, like, thank you that we don't have to fear death. We get to have hope in life. And I think that's part of why he did have to rise again because we get to hope in this eternal life and that thing where it says what can man do to me like nothing so we just go okay well I don't have to fear anything because I the worst that can happen is I die okay great (laughs) and then I live forever like in eternity with my savior fantastic um and so I think partly that's well Largely, that's why, you know, he says he had to raise from the dead um, for me. Recently, I was um, in a study group, and we talked about the image of a tapestry and mm-hmm. how yeah. we see it from the, the gross side where there's yeah. all these strings and everything, and it doesn't make any sense, and it's just all... A big mess but God sees it from the other side and he sees life and he sees beauty um, yeah that's, it just reminded me of that yeah that yeah picture. absolutely Corey Ten Boom used to use that illustration she used to intentionally bring her needlework into dark places after uh, she was imprisoned during the Holocaust and after she was released uh, instead of living out the rest of her days, you know, in comfort, <laughs> she said, I've got to take this message to the world that God is in the darkest places with us. And she would stay in prisons and things like that and intentionally brought her needlework just to show that illustration to people. And she would say, this is the resurrection side. Yeah. This is the side we don't get to see yet. Mm-hmm. We only see the crucifixion side of things. And I think that's partially why the, the disciples didn't fully understand why he had to rise from the dead. You know, we don't right. understand the full picture, um, but we will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. One of the things this is, this is also making me think of is um, death as, the, as the, the wages of sin. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because hypothetically, it's like, oh, well, you know, God could have figured out some kind of a way to, you know, just set us free from our earthly bodies and move on and and whatnot. But, and so I think sometimes we can see death as like, oh, well, you know, just got to stick it out long enough and then we die and it's all good. We leave behind our bodies. We leave behind the Mm. world. And there's something about this that reminds me at least that like death is not normal Mm. for God in that sense. Mm -hmm. Like it's a... It's a consequence of the fall. It's a consequence of our sin and the breaking of creation. And so in dying and rising from the dead, 
the Lord is restaking his claim on all of creation mm-hmm. and an undoing death and mm-hmm. saying even death, uh, not just sin itself, but the consequences of sin, the Lord has power over all that. Like even, yeah, not the sin itself, everything that follows the Lord is undoing, remaking, and he's also not giving up on this world, his creation yeah, as well. Right. And saying like, you know, no, I'm, I'm not going to pull you out of, of this broken, terrible, horrible, bad creation and take you somewhere else. Yeah. But I'm taking it back. Yeah. I'm, I'm undoing death. I'm bringing new life and saying like, nothing has power over my plan. I want this world back. I'm going to remake it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's just standing out to me right now. Yeah, and I think part of breaking that curse and giving us that victory already and being a God of the living gives us not only victory and life eternally, but it gives us that hope now that that gives us life and freedom and the ability in the darkness, in the sort of flip side of the the um, the yarn or the whatever, tapestry, tapestry mm-hmm. to look at it from a different perspective and to even though we see a sort of a mess we still live in in more hope and more freedom than a lot of of other people who don't live with that ability and so that's why we want that for everyone we see who is kind of suffocating under all those strings we kind of are like trying to fight through that with like for them and like no 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 you don't have to live this way like please there's well because we've been called into that we've been called to set the worlds to rights that's the Mm -hmm. power of the spirit living in us is not like stephanie said waiting out our time yeah trying to be as sinless as possible trying to keep on god's good side what the heck right right it's about setting he's got a plan for us yeah and i I get that term from nt Wright. uh you know he says god is about setting the world to rights a new heaven and a new earth not an escape from this but a redemption yeah and you know peter and john run into the tomb they're running to a horrible future by earthly standards for themselves yeah so they're they're there they see christ is is risen and they take that reality Mm -hmm. to a world and die for it and we don't know what happens to Mary Magdalene. The, the women's future is not described in scripture or as far as I know in church history. Um, but those of us who know the power of the resurrection mm-hmm. are called to bring that to the people lost in the strings. Because right. we were lost in the strings. Yeah. And somebody brought that to us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, so it's not the power of the resurrection is the power for us to be ministers of God's grace. Yeah. Apart from the resurrection, we got a great story to tell about this this <laughs> man God who loved us enough to die for us. But the resurrection, and I mean that's that's because Christ rose and ascended and sends His Holy Spirit to us. Mm-hmm. Amen. We, yeah. we can share with yeah. power. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I love that about all of our major holidays, like with Christmas and Easter and on all the other ones. There's something to remember in Scripture, and there's something that we're looking forward to as mm-hmm. well. And so here at Easter, we're remembering that Christ died, and he rose, and he ascended, and that changed everything. everything. Mm-hmm. But also, God's not done yet, and so we're looking forward to when Christ does come back and fulfills the resurrection and brings 
every single person who's ever died or is still living at the time and then everything else around us the resurrection is going to take over everything yeah, yeah. and yeah. that's really exciting or you know at Easter or at Christmas we're remembering we're remembering the birth of the Christ child and we're looking forward to when Christ is going to come back again I I love that about holidays there's something to remember yeah. and to look forward to mm-hmm. um, yeah I think that it's amazing and something to do about it now yeah. yes you know I know we didn't read that in here but in all of the the meeting up at the tomb uh, Mm -hmm. in the gospel stories there's always an instruction go go and tell go and tell I know don't just keep this to yourself go and tell I love that about Mary uh, yeah Mary goes and tells she's like you know I, no, no, I just want to stay here with yes. you. And he's like, yeah. no, no, no. Go. okay, Lego. Lego. <laughs> Lego me. I know this is a really good experience yeah. here. She's like, no, no, I've got I you now. Stay. He's like, no, no, you got to go and tell the good news. Yeah. And the best and, part is, is that he gives us a map of how to do it. I mean, yeah. death to self, get baptized. You know, you become a new person and then you go and do, you know. Um, and Easter's that map. Yeah. yeah. And it's such good news that. Um, it's so easy to, and you just want to share it is that thing of like no it's because especially in a time like this mm-hmm. where everyone is feeling afraid or they have very good reason to feel afraid because of things that are happening um, it's it does bring such hope um, and comfort and peace um, that does pass understanding, and it sounds trite, but it is true. And so I think um, we just you just want other people to get it because it's him. It's not the circumstances. It's yeah. him. He he was he was who Mary was so thrilled to see in the garden. Yeah. Not oh you're back and now this will happen. Right. You're back and now you'll do this for right. me. But just. You're here, you're alive, and I'm it's with you. you. Yeah. So just like you referenced the Pharisees and Sadducees trying to trick Jesus with the what-if trap, like yeah. elementary schoolers do, right? Mm-hmm. What if this happens? Yeah. Then, then what will my consequence be, right? Yeah. So you, they're trying to lead him down the what-if track, and he's like, no, 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 no. You've completely missed it. You've completely missed the point, which is the God of the living. And by the way, that's me. Yeah. And, and that's people I find, and, and my own heart, We'll go down the what if track. Well, right. what if this happens? And what if this happens with our money? And what if this happens with mm-hmm. illness? And what if this happens with me? And it keeps coming back to Jesus saying, "You've got me. Yeah, you got me. You don't even have to worry how I'm going to work that situation out because you have me. I'm the God of the yeah. living, and you have me. Yeah. And you know, if He hadn't been raised to life, we wouldn't have Him. We wouldn't have we life. We wouldn't have that never him. ending. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when you spend time with Jesus, it just seems like nothing else is as important. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, ladies, thank, thank you for your profound, amazing thoughts. This is probably going to be the most popular podcast we've ever <laughs> had. And um, we're so, so humble too. We That's are the part so I love so <laughs> humble. The humility. And yeah, yeah. yeah. So, thank you. Um, this has been the fastest growing conservative evangelical charismatic Anglican podcast in the entire Fox Chapel area. So says my husband. Hashtag blessed. That is me. Um, we want to thank you for listening in. 
and we will not uh, see you next week, but, but they, the men, will. Goodbye and thank you.